Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, the uh, number one uh, sports betting app out there. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on an NFL game, and if that team wins, you get $100 in free play, or uh, excuse me, $280 in free plays. You know, uh, I was on a hot streak last week, not on a hot streak uh, this week with uh, some of my picks. So we'll uh, we'll get to that, though. You know who is on a hot streak, though? And this is uh, John Schuster, Mike Luke. Got a ton of comments already. We'll get to that in just a second. But first and foremost, Arizona rolls again today. Uh, what do you, uh, by, gosh, I don't know. The final was 25. 25. Was 25, yeah, 25 points right there. Arizona covers easily without Azulis Tabellis. And I feel like we're a broken record right now. But this team, if you are not talented, this team is going to destroy you, and you are going to lose that game very badly. And we, we just and we just see this game after game after game. There's no you better be good, otherwise you're getting blown out. Shoe. Remember all those entertaining comments uh, two or three weeks ago. I'm really worried about how Arizona starts slow. What can the Wildcats do as far as those slow starts are concerned? Ask Stanford and California about Arizona's slow starts. Right. Well, yeah, and my point also to that is even when they would start slow, and we talked about this with Colorado, we talked about this with Utah, they still end up winning by 20 points. That's right. what's just so remarkable about this team right here is that, I mean, they go for they go for the jugular and they get you and they get you, you know, when they get you early like this, this game was over within four minutes, Shu. You could tell uh, immediately. Oh, yeah. what, what, what was it, 17 to 3? 17 to point, and and I don't know if Cal made it any closer than 14 or if Arizona ever got it to 30. So once the Cats got it to 17-3, forget it, it was over. One of the things that I've found really interesting, and I think Sean makes a really good point, I think a lot of people feel the same way that Sean does, by the way, uh, is that not only are they a lot of fun to watch and very unselfish, but this week it appears that whatever happened in practice between Utah and Colorado and uh, the Bay Area swing here, almost looks like Arizona jumped two steps ahead of where they were. This right. is one of the things that I was really fascinated by in the Stanford game, uh, where it really started to take notice, and obviously it continued again today, was that Arizona appeared not one step but two passes ahead of whatever defense it was that these teams are trying to put up against them. And, and, and it now seems easy. And easy is good. Well, hey, what do we say, Mike? Basketball right. doesn't always have to be hard. Basketball doesn't uh, have to be hard. We're going to ride that term as long as we possibly can. Hopefully, Arizona continues to ride it because obviously there's a big week of basketball coming up. Uh, but and, and maybe we have a very different feel and a very different conversation. But Arizona was excellent in two games on the road in the Bay Area. And now what you said at the top, 
Mike, in regards to where Arizona is from an athletic standpoint. If you're not as athletic as Arizona, you're going to get your doors blown off. Well, in the next three games, that changes a little bit, and we'll see uh, how Arizona adapts against significantly better competition. And hopefully, we're having some of the same conversations even then. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to be talking about the, uh, we're going to talk about obviously this game. You got a huge game coming up Tuesday. A little bit of a Twitter back and forth that uh, was uh, provoked uh, last night, I guess, which I didn't expect, but we'll get to that as well. We got a lot to get to here. So let's get to some of the comments here because, as always, that's what, uh, that's why we're here. We're already, uh, what do we got? It uh, looks like about 29 comments already. So let's try, to, let's try to get through. Matthew Bothwell hopping in here. Hello, a dominating game by the women's and the men's. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Anthony Humbert chopped in. Uh, everyone will talk about Ben and CK having solid games, and rightfully so, but another solid game for our guy Umar Ballo. You ain't, you're not kidding, man. I mean, we talk about this kid, and I was wrong, as I've talked about a million different times. This is a kid who I thought was going to kind of be roster filler, and when you watch him, like against a team like Cal, again, I'm not saying he's going to start for Duke, but any team outside of kind of that top four in the conference being UCLA, Arizona, SC, and Oregon, this kid's starting, and he's probably one of their best players. I mean, I'll give you, I'll throw a little shade at ASU already. He'd be ASU's best player. This is a guy that uh, when he gets minutes, he produces, Shu. Uh, I think there are about nine teams in the conference who would be okay having this guy on the uh, uh, roster. Uh, raw or not, and his improvement has been very clear. In terms of taking advantage of opportunities presented to you, those have been twofold for Ballo. Part one is occasionally Coloco has gotten into foul trouble. And by the way, rebounding-wise today, Coloco was great. Uh, So that was was, uh, very helpful to see. Uh, But now, so when Coloco's out of the game, Ballo's been able to come in, give you good minutes, and, and, and gain confidence in the process. The second aspect of this is that now that Tabellus has been sidelined, and hopefully that's not a long-term thing, and it sounds like it isn't, Ballo gets more time as a result, and he has performed very well. Right. Now, KB Thiel uh, mentioned a point, and I don't want to spend too much time on Cal because we got a lot bigger fish to get to, uh, i.e. Tuesday. But I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get to a point that Kobe uh, Thiel makes. By the way, Kobe, you put on there that you're, uh, you were uh, drinking. Um, you might have been drunk when you put that. You're too young to be drinking, young man. I'm just kidding with you. All right. Arizona, to beat Arizona, in my opinion, or to be able to match up with them, you have to be big because I just think that this team right now, they have their margin for error generally stems because they can just pound you on the glass. And not only that, they've got wings that are six foot six on both sides. I mean, you look today, they start Pella Larson at the small forward, or excuse me, at the uh, basically in, in Tabellas' spot. You lose a six foot ten guy. You put in a six foot five guy, and oh by the way, you're still starting a team that's six foot three, six foot six, six foot eight, six foot five, and seven foot one. You've got to come with size, I think, to be able to beat Arizona, and or at least on normal circumstances. And there's not a lot of teams in the country that have that size. You know, a a Gonzaga has that size. A Duke has that size. Florida uh, State has that size. Right, but nevertheless, yeah. ne- nevertheless, but you better be tall. USC has that size, and right. I think again now, you know, when it's come to matchups, I, I, I thought uh, you said something very telling, and you were right last week as we were heading into the Stanford game. Uh, I, I, I knew that Stanford, you know, was a team that had had 
had won some interesting games uh, and and won games against good competition. So I thought, all right, you know, maybe, maybe they've got a lot to say in this conference. And obviously, Arizona took care of business. Uh, the uh, But USC is one of those teams that size-wise, I think, can give Arizona some problems and may be able to dictate tempo a little bit more uh, than a lot of the teams that uh, Arizona's seen of late. And that's going to be a, a big deal and I think a really interesting challenge. We know what to expect from UCLA, yes. And Anthony was here uh, about a week ago, and I think you asked him, did you think USC or UCLA was a better matchup, something of that ilk? And I think he ultimately said UCLA because in the end, UCLA is a better basketball team. I agree with that. But from a matchup standpoint, matchups make style. I think – Right. Oh, exactly what you is. said as beautifully as you just said it <laughs> is absolutely correct. Right. Uh, but but that those are uh, they're both going to be very interesting basketball games coming up. Uh, well, and and I'm very interested to see uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see, obviously, how Arizona deals with UCLA or how UCLA deals with Arizona. The only team that UCLA has been dominated by this year was Gonzaga. And Gonzaga and Arizona, I think, are comparably adept. Uh, USC, conversely, I think, is a team that matchup-wise and size-wise and physicality-wise uh, can present some difficulties for Arizona. Whether that's enough, I don't know, but I think they're definitely both really interesting challenges. All right, Travis Strauss hopping in here. We always like new people coming. I almost said new customers only. We're going to get to that read in just a second here. Appreciate everybody new hopping in right here. Travis says, I think this team needs to be in the overall number one discussion with Gonzaga. I agree with that. I don't agree, though, that Cal should be in the number one discussion. I would assume that's a little bit. I'm just ribbing you, my man. But uh, but yeah, I, I think Arizona absolutely has that case. But And we'll be able to really find that out Tuesday. And that's the great thing about this is I think you really want Tabellas to be able to be out there in this in this game. But if Tabellas is healthy, and I think we're going to find out exactly where Arizona stands. All right. Now, I do have an apology for everybody. As you know, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Coburn PHNX, here's the deal. You throw down $5 on an NFL game, and if you win, you get $280 in free plays. That simple, that easy, make it happen. All right. Now, we were harbingers of honesty the previous week when we told you to take the Bucks over the Eagles and what was the other game, Shu? Uh, was it Casey and Pittsburgh? Casey and Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we were very good. We were yeah. spot on. We did what we were. We were. We did what we were there for. This past, I this last week though, I was not so good. I told everybody to take the Packers over the Niners. Didn't happen. But you know what's great about the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Guess what? You're only out five bucks. That's the cool thing about it. You know what? So if Mike Luke just hits half the time, it works well for you. So again, twenty-one and up, Arizona only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. If you got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you back on your feet, back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right. Now, um, let's see here. Okay. And uh, all right, Kobe or, uh, Kobe Thiel, and we'll get back to some of these other comments. we got Sean Seeley and we got Scott here in just a second. I, I This was a little bit different in that this looked like a an Arizona team that really set a priority shoe on coming out and getting off to the getting off to a quick start instead of messing around, which I think you need to have when UCLA is staring down at you. 
it's very helpful. And and one of the things that I think you feel good about, uh, uh, and there was a comment that talked about this from Mr. Thiel as well, uh, who uh, referenced that whatever was happening in practice or Lloyd maybe being effective motivationally uh, certainly took hold based on the two performances that Arizona had this week out of, uh, you know, coming off of what I think we all viewed as, you know, very nice performances from a final score standpoint, but relatively lackluster in, in, in terms of how they ultimately looked against Utah and Calif- uh, Colorado. But in the Stanford game, we've already addressed they looked dominant. And the Cal game had the potential, I think, to be something of a trap game. Right. Where Arizona could have been sluggish, where they could have, uh, you know, read the headlines a little bit uh, again. Because you got the Stanford game, all of a sudden pe- people are telling you how good you are. You go up there saying, okay. It's almost like you get bored after a while, maybe. Right. You look yeah. ahead. This was the definition of look-ahead game. UCLA, USC, UCLA in the next 10 days. And so there was, I think, very real potential that ASU could go into a, you know, a dull venue or Arizona could go into a dull venue and uh, and and not perform particularly well. And instead, it was exactly the opposite. They dominated this thing from the get-go. And I think that makes you feel good. We'll see how, how their uh, depth is going to be tested because now you're stringing a multitude of games together over the course of the next 10 days, plus the game you had Tuesday, plus the game you had today. And maybe for a team that went through a pocket where I think they played three games in 20 days, Perhaps that becomes an issue in some of these matchups, but we'll see. All right. So we got a bunch of comments getting in here right now. Shoot, is that your landline? Yeah, that's the landline. That you is fantastic. To, yes. We, we uh, always calling. love the landline going yeah, off. It's, good. it's a good All sound. Right. You'll get a couple more rings here. Let's, Wait for let's it. Get you, one more. Let's get one more. One more. One more. Let's get to Sean Seeley's remark because I like this a lot. I am totally in on this. Now, The only thing that bothers me a little bit about UCLA is when somebody says, well, it's just a coincidence something's happening. If I'm UCLA, you're letting fans back in now. The first game's for Arizona, obviously. I like when people say, oh, well, it was just a coincidence uh, that this is happening. No, don't say it's a coincidence. Say that, you know what? We got the number three team in the country coming here. We want our fans in the building, and that's go from there. Don't come up with this stuff, well, it just so happened to uh, hit on this date. I want I want UCLA's fans there. I think it's I think it's a good uh, I think it's a good test for Arizona. I just like when people are a little more transparent. Harbingers of honesty. Yeah, and uh, UCLA doesn't seem to necessarily do a particularly good job of that. Do I understand it from a PR perspective? Sure, you know cases, la la la, all that. Yeah, okay, great. The reality is that we know, boy, it'd really be nice to have fans in the building when Arizona comes to Poly, and I think Arizona fans agree. Now let's see how Arizona is the heel. Let's see how Arizona handles being the heel uh, in a in a difficult environment with a good team across from them. I think that's going to be a fantastic opportunity, and uh, hopefully Arizona delivers the goods. Yeah, and you got a ton of talent again. We got a new guy, Nate Cortland. Five guys in double figures and damn near seven. This team has so much balance. Not only does it have balance, it's deep. I mean, you look at it today as you list to Bellis, you can make the case as your second best player. I think we're at the point now where obviously Matherin's on a different level, but Tabellus is right there. This team didn't even look like they missed him. Again, you you know, anytime you step out and you lose 15 and 8, that's certainly something that you don't want to have happen. But, you know, at the same time, I think that you look at it and think to yourself that this is a uh this is a team that brings in players off the bench, brings in power off the bench. You look at Justin Kyer, 
double figures. You look at and who, by the way, I think is a very under an underrated guy as we go forward this season. He's kind of been you you watch Kyer out there on the wing, and he looks the part. He looks like a guy that you know can play a little two, play a little three, um, handles the ball. He he's another guy that looks like he would be a starter on almost any team in uh you know in the Pac-12. Then you bring in Ballo. These guys combine for over 25 points. And again, it's against Cal, but you can tell that neither one of these guys are, you know, just beating up on small time competition. They can play at the highest level, Shu. They're also beating up on each other in practice. And I think that's hopefully making them better. Right. Uh, it certainly seems that the advancements that they've made have been very helpful. Tommy Lloyd has talked about opportunity. And with Tabella sidelined uh, again relatively briefly, you know, these uh, other players have taken advantage of it. One other thing, in addition to just general depth, and Arizona clearly has it, and you touched on that. Something that I like from bench players is an identity. When you come in, what are you going to do? Are you right. a hustle player or are you a rebounder? Are you a three-point scorer? What is it that you do that you need that 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 provides you with maybe some sort of spark off the bench? Right. Ballo is a big guy who can play defense and uh, you know, looks like he can be a problem on the inside as well and is getting confident on the offensive end and takes up a lot of space. And his athleticism, I think, is undervalued. Kyer is the one guy on this roster, I think, outside of Dalen Terry, uh, who can be pretty physical defensively, uh, in addition to a guy who's a pretty solid scorer as well, which everybody on Arizona appears to be. Uh, so those are, I think, very helpful things. And in the midst of a lot of this, Larson has really stepped it up comfortably. Larson is, the, I think, about to be the most deceptive player on this team. Because mm -hmm. every time you look at him, you're thinking, eh, it's kind of slow, right. you know, step slow. The rest of him, somehow he seems to have a knack of getting one now, now that he's comfortable wherever he wants on the floor. Right. And I think he's a heck of a lot. I think he is their deceptive athlete on a team of athletes. And uh, you've so, been, so it's, and, a good, it, it, it's a good combination. Yeah. And I've got to get, I've got to give you some credit, but let's look at some of these matchups here. Terry versus Johnny Juzang is going to be very interesting because Johnny Juzang was the guy last year for UCLA that. He, along with Jaime Jaquez, were your big shot guy after your big shot guy. And um, that's where I think Daylon Terry is going to come in. And I think Daylon Terry is going to be incredibly important right there because, you know, you're going to need Benedict Matherin to be able to score. Whereas with, you know, with uh, uh, Daylon Terry, he's going to be able to really focus on the defensive side. So you're going to have to be able to try to find one person to be able to take out of that. We'll get to Tiger Campbell and uh, Justin Kyer in just a second. Um, but did obviously want to tell you again one more time about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, Schuster, real quick, it looks like the Bucks are making a little bit of a comeback here. Yeah, uh, there was a um, there, there, there was a turnover deep in uh, Rams territory, and Tampa was able to knock it in. Uh, and as a result, it's a couple score game with a quarter to go. So, well, you know Tampa what, you has, Tampa has made it interesting. The Rams have dominated up to this point, but somehow Tampa's hanging around. Right, so there you go. But here's the deal. Yeah, one more game left. Throw down $5 on the next game. I would – ooh, that's a tough one. Bills, Chiefs, yeah. and whoever – you know what? If that team wins, you get $280 in free plays. I'm not going to even give a suggestion there. Really? I'm just going to let what? you guys – What? All right, fine. I'm going to go with the suggestion. I'm going to go with the Bills. All right. I like the Bills in that game right there. So that's where I would go. Take it's it for what it's worth. a week of underdogs so far. All right. I think that Scott uh, Schlittenhart, uh, KB, 
Um, Anthony Humbert making a lot of great points here. This is the interesting matchup to me in the UCLA game because I think Arizona is going to have, uh, from a big man perspective, I think Arizona is going to be just fine. Um, I think, honestly, you know, if Tabellus plays, you're a lot bigger than UCLA. The one thing that we have seen is that Tiger can't, or excuse me, uh, uh, Kirk when he's going against teams that have really dynamic guards, and you called this out when they played Washington with Terrell Brown, ex-U of A player, back the A, um, that they made a concerted effort to go at Kirk Risa. And honestly, I mean, Terrell Brown was essentially able to get what he wants. Tiger Campbell is one of the best point guards in the conference, if not the best point guard. He's a guy that certainly made his bones in the tournament last year. He's back this year. His numbers don't necessarily indicate how good he is. But that, to me, is the one matchup, if you're Arizona, that you're like, you don't feel great about. All the other matchups I feel pretty feel pretty good about. Yeah, uh, and, and Scott noting that, you noting that, following up on that as well, I think is uh, uh, definitely a matchup that – matters and we have seen in some of these uh uh games where teams recognize that Carissa is a is a potential defensive liability and they're going to work to try to take advantage of those matchups uh Arizona's done a pretty good job of scouting uh some situations so we'll see on the defensive end uh how they approach that but I think it's also very important here because this is the simplistic advantage for Arizona just rebound the ball and get out and run Mm -hmm. um UCLA is not going to back down from Arizona trying to run, which I think makes this game a lot of fun. So Arizona can't be in a position where it doesn't rebound the ball particularly well. If Arizona can use its height to have a distinct advantage on the glass, I think that uh, that gives them an opportunity to be uh, pretty dangerous. I'm not sure what I think about whether I want Tabellas to play in this game or not. Really? Uh, I'm I'm not, I don't know how comfortable he ultimately is. And I would be okay with erring on the side of caution for the longer term, knowing or slash hoping that there's a likelihood of another UCLA game coming up in a week. Uh, if he isn't, if he's right. not a hundred percent, I'm, I'm yeah. seriously because he's considering so not playing him because losing at UCLA doesn't really hurt your seating. Uh, and and there's a long-term aspect here. If Arizona wants to make a deep tournament run, even though they've had really good success without Tabellus in the Bay Area, Tabellus is going to be important to that, and I think that's more important long-term uh, than trying to rush him for a big regular season game short-term. All right, so what I think, too, is that you look at it, and um, I wanted to get to this a little bit. I like confident. I like cocky. Um, I'm totally fine with that. Um, I... I don't. I, I think I wish Kerr would maybe tone it down just a little bit. But again, at the same time, if Tommy Lloyd's fine with it, then you know Tommy Lloyd knows a lot more than me. I don't know. Just some of it. I mean, you've got to be a really bad dude to be able to consistently go at people like that. At least in my opinion, because then you become a target. And you know what? It's fine if you're prepared to become a target, but you better be able to back it up. And you know what? UCLA is a different ball game than you know some of what's. You know, he's been going against with this Cal game where, you know, he's getting into it or when he made the remark about uh, to, about the officials, where'd you get these guys at you? I mean, it's funny, but at the end of the day, though, this is co- this is competition and you're you're putting a bullseye on your chest right there. And you're about to play a different animal entirely in UCLA than you played this season. Yeah, Are you what? Do you have any feelings on that, or? Well, it's oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like to borrow from radio parlance in the '90s. It's like you're a shock jock. 
mm-hmm. and you are tr- constantly trying to set the bar. And then when you get publicity doing something that you're doing and you get a response, then you feel like the next time you got to set the bar a little higher and then you got to set the bar a little higher and you kind of forgot what your vision was in approaching all of this and what the point was in doing it. And then you and then at times you'll, uh, you know, move quite a bit further than you probably should. So hopefully a lot of that uh ultimately gets toned down a little bit and uh you know but he's always going to be he's always going to be a lightning rod right he's always going to be when arizona comes to town he's going to be the most hated player on the roster and a lot of wildcat fans are going to love it uh so you, you know we'll see uh we'll see how that plays out sometimes you're going to get yours and uh sometimes it'll come back at you too hopefully you're on the winning end of that more often and so far this season he and arizona obviously have been yeah i mean because that's the only thing that's going to make you look a little silly is if you know you're talking all this and then tiger campbell just does whatever he wants on the court but you know what like i said um if tommy lloyd's cool with it i think that there's every uh, every reason to be okay with it one thing i wanted to talk to you about too lloyd is a fascinating guy to watch on the sideline yes. because i think I think people have gone kind of in when he when he was first hired. I think people looked at it and said, "Oh, he's a really docile guy. He probably doesn't show a lot of emotion. Um, he doesn't get he everything with him." When you watch Lloyd, is like a te- it's it's almost a te- it's like a teaching moment there, and that he's going to get in your face. But at the same time, though, there's a there's there's a purpose behind it. It's not, I'm just here to just scream at you for absolutely no reason and hope that, you know, I berate you into doing what I want. So he's shown fire in the last couple games there. There was, I can't remember the play, but there was a play in this game where he looked at, uh, and I can't remember, I can't even remember the play. I just wrote it down. And he just, he looked at, I want to say it was Larson. Like, we're, we're going to talk about that play later or something like that. But I love how he conducts himself out there and that he's trying to improve his team and at the same time get things, you know, to the level where they should really. It's 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 unique in this day and era of college basketball for sure. Uh yeah, uh, what, what one of the things there is a certain almost Andy Taylor quality. I think about, that's a great comparison. Uh, uh about him when you hear him talk and there's one of the things that I think he does a very nice job of is show a willingness to communicate. He knows right. who's in charge. He knows what he's trying to get across. But he, when he gets pissed off, you know that it's something that's been discussed in practice situations or something that is a repeated mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll also notice on the sideline there that there's a lot more conversation and a lot less one-way discussion. Yes, yes, that's you know, exactly it. It's almost like a, I am sorry to interrupt, but it's almost like all right, I'm I'm the boss here, but I'm listening to what you have to say. Yes, yeah, and and and, and I think that's a nice approach, and mm-hmm. it's uh, I think it's an approach that can be helpful, and it helps uh, the players understand that there's a commonality is the wrong word, but there's a, there's a respect here. You're going to get your say. You're going to tell me why it was you did that in whatever the situation is. And then, you know, we'll navigate this a little bit to see what it is we're ultimately uh, trying to get across. I get the feeling and, and not having seen practice, it's hard to say, but I think he's really good. And Olson was good at this too, about making things relatively simple and then addressing those simplicities 
uh, once they're in a game situation. And if you watch Arizona, especially on the offensive end, that's why I think of all, a, a lot of it looks the way that it does uh, because of that simplicity, relative simplicity aspect. And Arizona seems the game doesn't look the game looks like Arizona's two or three steps ahead of everybody else, but it doesn't look complicated to them. And right. and, and that continuity, I think, is it, it's a very unique thing to bring across because if you look at them from the outside, it looks like they run, not necessarily like the word, but I'll use it, a lot of exotic stuff on the offensive end. But then watch a little bit closer. It's like, oh, that guy's open. That guy's open. Extra pass. All right. I know what the place is. That's what we're going to do. That's play, play. We're run. We're good. And right. it looks like that advancement has worked. So it so so it's this odd dichotomy of being ahead of the game, but because, doing it because of simplicity as well. And I feel like his communication style on the bench plays into that as well. And, and I think he's also really good with refs. There's, I think he's fantastic with refs. That was going to be my next there's, point. There's a lot of respect in the way that he approaches them. There's a lot of, I'm trying to get my point across. This is what I think is going on. If you could look at that, that's great. But at the end, it's kind of like, I understand you got a tough job too. Mm-hmm. And but but be aware of that. And and the Lloyd approach seems to constantly be or almost universally be that his emotions aren't going to get the best of him. And then it's going to, you know, cause unnecessary distractions and maybe take away from what you're ultimately trying right. to accomplish. All right. One thing I do. One thing that we should accomplish here. And this is from the Arizona Department of Health uh, Services. So take your shot. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for the booster. Visit az.gov for a location near you. Everybody has, you know, a story with COVID. So go ahead and, you know, try to get that if you can. Um, It's for uh, people younger. All right. Before we sign off here, and again, the AZ Wildcats podcast is the place to be right here. Not only are we talking basketball, we are getting updates on Tom Brady getting strip sacked. The Rams get the ball back, and then it's shot over his head. That's what we that's what we appreciate about all the guys here. Bear down, Ray, K, KB, all those guys. All right. So, but it's a family over here. You want to subscribe to the AZ Wildcats podcast and uh, go on the site. If you get a membership, then you get a free back the A t-shirt. All kinds of really good stuff there. All right, so I got into it a little. Well, I guess I didn't really get into it, but I was tweeting out last night about talking about ASU. I like making fun of ASU basketball. You know what? It's all fun and games. And I made a comment that Marcus Bagley uh, made an interesting decision to be able to um, uh, basically come back to college in order to sit out the year. And uh, Kyle Dodd, who is the uh, color commentator at ASU, took uh, umbrage at that. All I'm going to say about it is this, is that, you know, I watch Kyle Dodd. I go back to 92, 93 with all the Arizona Wildcats teams. I've seen every team. I'll just going to say, I'm just going to say this. He, uh, I always kind of respected him when he came in here. He was, he was going against the best teams in the country. He was kind of a Rudy type. He was physically overmatched against the players that he was going against. But you know what? I've always kind of had a soft spot in my heart for it. So no real animus there towards uh, Kyle Dodd. Like I said, i I appreciated his scrappiness. Um, He was just overmatched when he came against those Arizona teams. So that's basically what I got to say about that. So we are, uh, and we'll be talking more ASU when that game comes up here, but Schuster, let's get last, uh, let's get last thoughts right here. You have to, it was a good weekend in the Bay area. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, it, 
I really like what I've seen in the last two games, in, uh, again, in that it appears that Arizona is ahead of other teams and that maybe they have made a little bit of an advancement here. And, and that's good. Now we'll see if that carries through because they're playing legitimate basketball teams in uh, the LA schools here in the near future, including UCLA on Tuesday on the road. So, right. so that that's going to be a big test against what we all understand as a legitimate team. If Arizona right. looks good in that game, Arizona, a lot of college basketball, I guess, is always like this. You have a pretty good idea of who you like based on some of the things you've seen. And there's this underlying belief that, ah, is Arizona as good as we think? Right. You know, be, 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 because they're killing people. Well, we know that UCLA's good. We know UCLA's won a lot of games. We know UCLA's been competitive. We know they have confidence. They're hard to kill. They're, uh, you know, it sounds like a Steven Seagal film, hard to kill. UCLA is Steven Seagal in much better shape. So watch out for the Taekwondo. Uh, But if Arizona performs well in that matchup, that, that that's one of those games where you can start to really place them, have a better idea observationally of what you think they are and where they might ultimately uh, work through in this situation. So, you know, I think we're all anticipating it finally. One of the things that's been frustrating about Arizona is their schedule hasn't been terribly difficult. There's a variety of reasons it goes into that. That changes on Tuesday with UCLA, and it's great. That's about to pick up. So, again, for John Schuster, everybody out there, Arizona Wildcats are awesome. Uh, Be thankful that you're not rooting for ASU basketball. That would not be fun. But uh, we will be back with you. Well, we got a podcast tomorrow, and then we will be back with you on the postgame show late, but with the game of the year against UCLA. For everybody out there, appreciate all your remarks and your comments. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame show. (laughs) 